Axios Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Presented by Bridge Bank. Be bold. Venture wisely. I'm Dan Mac. On today's show, CEOs versus consumers and Airbnb makes a major announcement. But first, Andrew Mason's second act. So Andrew Mason might not be a household name anymore, but he was earlier this decade by founding and leading Groupon, a one-time internet phenomenon that later kind of became a commodified coupon site, falling from around a $15 billion market cap to just a billion and a half. Mason himself got fired back in 2013, after which he released an album of motivational music and then created an audio tour guide app called Detour, which was later acquired by Bose. But Mason didn't join Bose. Instead, he spun out a small podcasting business from Detour and called it The Script. The basic idea is to make podcast creation easier, not only the taping part, but also the editing part, basically using Google speech to transcribe the content and then apply time-tested word processing techniques. In other words, you can basically read what you taped on your podcast and then highlight, delete, and copy and paste just like you would in a text document. Oh, and you can also add words, words you didn't say. And that's the most interesting and controversial part. It's a feature called Overdub, which lets you add words and phrases in your own voice. And the your own voice part is key because it would preclude you from making audio deep fakes on the Descript platform. But obviously, there are lots of concerns the technology could be hacked, thus unleashing a world in which people are heard saying things they never said. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Descript founder and CEO Andrew Mason. But first, this. The Equity Fund Resources Group at Bridge Bank is a central hub for the venture capital and private equity communities. Offering banking services for funds, partners, and their portfolio companies, Bridge Bank's financial solutions are designed for the entire innovation ecosystem and include creative credit solutions, robust treasury and cash management capabilities, and a suite of international banking products. Bridge Bank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. We're joined now by Andrew Mason, CEO of Descript. The last time you and I talked, you were still running Groupon. How did the way that ended not scare you off from doing another startup? You know, I feel really good about my Groupon experience. I had the opportunity to build a a big company and have some really special experiences. And there's still a lot of customers that get a lot of value out of it. So I don't judge everything about the experience by the way that it ended. And And I I love building stuff, so that's the only thing I know how to do at this point. Tell me I'm wrong about this. The script seems to be aimed primarily at kind of potential amateur podcasters. Am I right about that, or do you see this more as a professional product? Funny enough, the people who have been using it so far have been more on the professional side. Teams like Planet Money or Rough Translation that are making NPR podcasts. What we're trying to do is take... What we see is the gold standard of creative tools, the document or the word processor, and bring that same immediate simplicity and flexibility to audio and video creation. The same app that you're using to make your meeting notes, you're using to write a dissertation. The document is just an incredibly powerful and flexible and expressive instrument. And writers are very lucky to have it. And we're trying to bring something similar to people that make audio and video content. For you, what's the genesis of this? Where did this idea come from? I know it's kind of spin out of a prior startup, but kind of how did you decide, okay, we're going to take podcasts and we're going to base it on that word processor concept? So right after Groupon, I started a startup called Detour. Detour was a location-based audio tour app. And as part of that, we were making our own 
podcasts, essentially, thinking that it would eventually be a platform that anyone could use, but wanting to get the experience ourselves. And I thought it was going to be pretty straightforward, as reporters never tired of pointing out when I was running Groupon, I was a music major, and I worked in a recording studio. And you came out with an album after Groupon, too, right? Am I wrong about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I, I guess I uh, play into it a little bit. But anyway, so uh, I thought it was going to be pretty straightforward, but I'd never done narrative audio creation. And all of these tools that people use for podcasts were designed with music in mind and are incredibly tedious and have a high learning curve if you're trying to make narrative-based media or stories. And so this was right about the time that automatic transcription had reached an inflection point where it was, it was actually good enough to be useful for something. So we said, gosh, wouldn't it be cool if somebody could build a tool for editing audio that looked and smelled like a word processor? And we asked around, and it turned out that just about everybody that had ever made a podcast had independently had this idea. We found somebody who was pursuing it at the in his PhD at UC Berkeley. He built a prototype, and we showed it to people, and it was just very clear that we were onto something from the beginning. As part of this, one of the things that's getting a lot of attention is what you guys are calling overdub. Tell me I'm misstating this, but basically the ability to, after you have actually taped the audio, to potentially add words or phrases that you didn't actually tape and just fit them in and seamlessly fit them in and make them seem like you actually said them. Why do that as opposed to just having people just re-record a couple words? The one point I want to add to that or make very clear is this is for your own voice. We allow you to do this. And the reason why is the reason that we make all things easier in this world that we live in, that there's this kind of just cultural force towards making things simpler and reducing friction. It's because if you've ever recorded something, you know that editing is incredibly tedious. Like you can't just, every, stuff is incredibly edited that you hear on the radio. That editing process, you have to make sure that everything matches up tonally. What if you didn't capture the right word the first time? It's so much easier to make editorial corrections to your writing than it is to audio. And that's what we wanted to, we wanted to change. We wanted to make audio more accessible to people by saving them the need to go back into the recording booth every time they wanted to make the smallest editorial tweak. There's obviously been talk about overdub vis-a-vis deepfakes. And and I know part of your argument, as you just said, you know, it's only about your own voice. But I'm just thinking about this. You and I are right now having a conversation and and you're responding to things I say. If I go back Mm -hmm. into the editing booth later and basically change the way I asked the question, yeah, and, and I change it in a substantive way that could make your answer look dumb, wrong, something like that. Correct. Is that not a risk that you take since podcasts are so often a conversation between people? Yeah. I mean, that's a risk that I take every time that I talk to a journalist, whatever the content medium is. And journalists do that all the time. And there's a kind of social contract and people's credibility and careers depend on their ability to do that with a certain amount of uh, judgment and integrity. And by the way, this is happening today. Without using something like overdub, you could easily still change the nature of what we're saying just with some basic splicing in a way that's imperceptible, but would still make me sound just as nefarious or whatever it may be. We think, though, that by eliminating it to people's own voice, the positive results of something like this are going to be available while putting some major guardrails on the more nefarious uses. When you go back to Groupon, what do you think is the main lesson as a founder slash CEO that you learned from that that you're now applying to your new company? I always like a joke 
that I always get asked this question. For some reason, I always think whatever the next press thing that I'm done, I'm doing, like people are, are done asking me that question. <laughs> and then I forget to have a good answer. And now I feel like an idiot. I don't have a good answer. For whatever reason, my brain has just never worked in that kind of pithy, like uh, pulling principled truisms out of my experiences. Not necessarily principled truism, but you know, something you've been sitting there with your engineers or, or with somebody on you know, executive team or hell, maybe raising money from venture capitalists. And there's almost been that sense of deja vu you said, oh, wait, you see the same beat and you're like, I've seen this before. I need to you know, step to the left, whereas my instinct is to step to the right. It, it works both ways. You know, one of the funny things about even conceiving of Groupon is that that idea is something that nobody, I never would have started out trying to go after that. It's something that we discovered in the midst of the wreckage of another startup. And it only became an idea that we decided to pursue because it was something we could do with the resources that were available to us as our backs were against the wall trying to figure out how to make this other startup work. And in some ways, Descript has been similar. It started out as another company, and what we thought was the thing was not the thing, it was this other thing. I've gotten more comfortable just embracing that as being part of the journey. Andrew Mason, founder and CEO of Descript. Thank you so much for joining us. My final two right after this. The equity fund resource group at BridgeBank is a central hub for the venture capital and private equity communities. Leveraging nearly two decades of expertise delivering solutions to emerging technology and growth companies, BridgeBank now offers services for funds, SBICs, and general partners including creative credit solutions, robust treasury management capabilities, and a suite of international banking services. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Be bold, venture wisely. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is a lack of confidence among America's top CEOs. So the Business Roundtable just released a survey showing the largest quarter over quarter drop of CEO confidence in seven years and the lowest level since the end of 2016. Overall, 20% of surveyed CEOs expect their company sales to decrease in the next six months, as the trade war uncertainty appears to be taking a more significant toll. Why it matters, of course, is that if CEOs are worried, it could cause them to slow hiring and cut back on big capital investments, which has its own trickle-down impact on labor. But it is worth noting that there is a big but here consumers are still spending a lot. So America's economic future may rest on which group can convince the other that it's wrong. And finally, Airbnb announced this morning that it plans to go public sometime in 2020. No further details, but it also comes as I just reported in this morning's Pro Rata newsletter that a group of venture capitalists and tech company executives have planned a secret invite-only meeting in San Francisco for next month, in which they will try to figure out a way to encourage more so-called direct listings, or basically an alternative to IPOs in which they will sell stock at the same price people want to buy it at, rather than a current system that offer underprices for a so-called pop, thus leaving money on the table. Both Spotify and Slack have done direct listings in the past year, but Airbnb is held out by proponents as the big one they want to see. So it should be interesting to learn next year if Airbnb is willing to buck the IPO status quo. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Jesse Lee, have a great National Butterscotch Pudding Day. And we'll be back on Monday with another Pro Rata Podcast.